what we have in the last few years done is we spend much more time talking about case theory. Case theory has always been an important part of training in any sort of structured training sense. But there are t- there were two changes that we've made res- in the last few years. The first is it's not enough to talk to people about case theory. You must have one. You can't really prepare properly unless you have one. But my own experience, and I suspect the experience of many advocates, is how do you know a case theory when you see it? How do you know if your case theory is good? Used to be people would say, oh, you'll know it when you see it, which isn't terribly helpful. So we've developed a session that we do as as in the introductory session is not only talking about what a case theory is, but we do a small exercise where we develop a case theory with the group of participants who are there. We divide the room in half, half prosecution, half defence. And through argument between us all, we develop a case theory for that particular little exercise. In my view, that has been so helpful in in assisting uh, advocates to understand what it what it does look like when you when you get it um and we focus much more now on the development of case theory because i think it's widely accepted in advocacy circles that cases are lost with an inadequate inadequately thought out case theory they're rarely lost by the the occasional dud question in evidence in chief or the occasional leading non-leading question in cross-examination Many cases are lost because people haven't thought through the case theory completely or, heaven forbid, at all. So that's where we, that's where our focus is. And, in fact, we've run, last year, we ran a discrete case analysis workshop where the focus of the, the workshop was the development of a case theory, its implementation in cross-examination, and then a discussion. And we did that with two case theories over a day. That's excellent because, um, as you were saying, um, being able to develop a case case theory as a group probably highlights so much to other people that they've never even thought about. Uh, <laughs> and um, of course, of course, it does. And when I think of how how I train and I have been trained, there's so much focus on the witness handling, the examination in chief, cross examination closing speeches, you can see where you've gone wrong, but you're kind of left to go and deal with the case theory by yourself. You don't even talk about it with the participants. So um, the foundation, it seems to me, can sometimes be shaky because no one's talked to you about that. So that's really amazing. Correct. And And I think also you get to a point in your advocacy when you're a bit embarrassed to say, look, I don't know what a case theory is or I don't know how to achieve one or I don't know what it looks like when I have one. Um, And there are as many ways of developing a case theory as there are types of advocates. But I think if um, in a group, which is far less confrontational than one-on-one, if participants have a chance to throw ideas around, um, suggest arguments that might be made on the evidence and then have the other side say, well, you might say that, but we're going to say say this, really get an idea of how the case theory works on the ev- works with the evidence. 
And in that same workshop, we then um, take the case theory and turn it into the submissions, the closing argument. Thank you for listening to the Advocacy Podcast, Journeys to Excellence. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and visit us at theadvocacypodcast.com for reading lists and other resources. Until next time.